Hello, and welcome to Bangers, the video game podcast where we talk about games in which you shoot things. Good games, bad games, mad games. This week, we enter the world of an obscure British comic from the 1980s. It's Rogue Trooper. Also, Rogue Trooper Redux. Rogue Trooper is a game from 2006, published by IDOS and developed by Rebellion. The Metacritic score is a little bit complicated because there's two versions of this game. There's the original version and there's the Redux version from 2017. Uh, the 2006 original version gets Metacritic scores of... 70.25 And Rogue Trooper Redux was developed by TikTok Games published by Rebellion Developments, and it was released on the 17th of October 2017 for the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and the Switch. Rogue Trooper Redux has an average Metacritic score of... 60! Which one did you play? Yeah, we kind of fucked this up, didn't we? Yeah. (laughs) So I played Rogue Trooper Redux. And I just played Rogue Trooper. I played Rogue Trooper Redux on the PlayStation 4, and I was able to find it in at retail for £7.99, which I thought is great. Brand new game, £7.99. I played the original Rogue Trooper on PC, and I got it from GOG. Okay, so we fucked it up. We played, James played the old one, I played the remaster. From what I can tell, there are some differences, but ultimately, I don't think this is going to colour our opinion all that much, but let's find out. Rogue Trooper follows the story of Rogue, who is a genetic infantryman on a Which plan- means he's blue. Which means he's blue, double-dee-double-die. So, he lives on a planet called New Earth with all of his GI friends and there is a war going on between the Southers and the Nords. Or the Norts, should I say. So there's a war going Would on between the Would you consider yourself a Nort? I guess maybe I am a Nort. The, the allegory is very much Vietnam and... America versus communism. There's a lot of that going on. The game takes place... It's basically an origin story for Rogue, and it follows the Quartzone Massacre, which is in the comic Rogue Trooper. That's kind of what kicks it all off. So how familiar are you with 2000 AD comics? I'm hoping you're going to say more than me. I've enjoyed a lot of 2000 AD stuff, and in the house we've got like full. We've got trade paperback collections of Judge Dredd. We've got some uh, things like Shikara and stuff like that. ABC Warriors, uh, but I've never been exposed to Road Trooper. Aside from like, I have a vague memory of an Amiga game from my childhood, and that's about it for Road Trooper. I really didn't know anything about him. Didn't have any experience with this game uh, until we decided to play it for the podcast so yeah i i'm sure there's a lot in here that 
reference-wise, we probably missed, but Rogue Trooper's just not... It's, it's not really uh, been in my life up until this point. What about you? I've read a little bit of Judge Dredd. But, yeah, you've definitely read a lot more. Just comics in general than me. Yeah, that's possibly true. <laughs> <laughs> Comic book nonsense. So, this is a third-person shooter which sort of has some gestures towards stealth, but it isn't really remotely a stealth game. You can run, a gun, run and gun the entire game. The gameplay, the moment-to-moment gameplay, is quite nice. It's almost systemic. It's a third-person shooter. Uh, we've got multiple ways to approach combat. You've got basic stealth, long-range sniping a placeable turret, and you can just go in there all guns blazing if you just want a big scrap. And it's quite nice that the game touches on a lot of basics that were probably quite novel for 2006. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't feel like a 2006 game at all. No, it's got quite a lot of variety, and even playing it in 2019, it still feels pretty fresh. It feels like a much, much later game than 2006. It does commit a cardinal sin of video games though, like almost immediately Which cardinal sin of video games are you talking about? Okay, so you start the game, right? You're getting geared up for war, okay? You're gonna go into the quartz zone and have it out with the noughts Yeah? Mm-hmm. So you get your group together the gang's all there and then you're betrayed, there's treachery in the GI ranks and so Rogue, he lands, and all of his comrades are slowly, one by one, killed. The cardinal sin in video games, for me, is to present an emotional plot point, which in this instance is vengeance for your fallen comrades, and resolve it in a cutscene. It removes all wit from like the initial setup of it, you don't really feel attached to anything in the plot from this point onwards because it never lets you play the plot. It always shows you the plot. And you're just moving Yeah, through... there's a lot of cutscenes. Yeah, you just move through missions because the exposition tells you to, not because you feel compelled to do so. And that was fine in Republic Commando, when we talked about Republic Commando, because you were just a special forces team. You were not you were nothing special. You weren't connected emotionally to the plot. You were just special a special team. But in Rogue Trooper, you're supposed to be... This is like supposed to be a, a self-motivated revenge tale. And I never felt... From the off, I never felt compelled in that way. The story just... It it kept showing me the story. I wanted to play the story. It's a video game. I never felt like I was Rogue, the Rogue Trooper. Why call him Rogue as well? Like all of the I other... think that's because... That's what the comics called him. Yeah, but all of the other soldiers have <clears throat> have function names. Is his function? Well, all, all the other soldiers are named after the piece of equipment they eventually get put into. <laughs> so maybe we're we're he's misspelled and he's actually the rude trooper. <laughs> so he's the makeup. Yeah. <laughs> okay, equipment. That's pretty important. That's pretty much the entire game. Should we move straight into Rooty Tooty? Shall we talk a little bit about the story? Okay. You go for it. Comic book nonsense. Right, so 
You are a GI, which stands for Genetic Infantry, and is a pretty clear Vietnam allegory thing. Yeah. You even look like a Vietnam GI. Yeah. You are dropped from the sky into this zone called the Quartz Zone, which is sort of generic brown-grey future battlefield. Yeah, that's the game. Um, All of your buddies get killed. Uh, It turns out that there is a traitor in the south ranks who you eventually see his face, but only after he gets horrifically scarred and comes out looking like the guy who gets dunked in the acid in Robocop. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Who is the main villain? The traitor general he's always referred to. Yeah. You fight your way through the army of the north as a one-mannered army and then you get revenge and that's the entire story. Yeah, pretty much. You... Along the way, you are joined by uh, your buddies. See, the GIs have this have this inbuilt system where their personality is linked to a biochip inside their head. So once they once they die, your comrades Bagman, Helm, and Gunnar, all Rogue does is he cuts their chip out of their head, and he puts the chip into a piece of his equipment, and that piece of equipment is personified, gets their personality. And it's kind of like a squad shooter, but you're only one person. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a squad shooter, and then it did that. Yeah, so that's kind of neat. Rooty tooty, point and shooty. Shall we, before we talk about the the actual weapon, shall we talk about what each piece of equipment is? Yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's, that's a good part of Rooty Tooty to start us off. So the first piece of equipment that I'm going to go backwards from how they're introduced to you. Okay. The first piece of equipment is Helm, who is your hat. Yeah. <laughs> helm goes into your helmet. Um he gives you the ability to create holograms. Yeah, he gives you the ability to create holograms. He also has map um information that he shows you. He's your radar and he also does hacking. Yeah. Which means that your map and your radar goes away when you are hacking, which is a nice touch. Yeah, it is a nice touch. You also get kind of Metal Gear Solid-like vision cones for the enemies, so you can see where the enemies are uh, are looking. So the next guy is Bagman. He's a bag. He's your backpack. Yeah. <laughs> he has the ability to manufacture your ammo and upgrades for your weapons. He also is your medical machine so you, there's no health packs you just press the i want more health button and i don't know about you i got really attached to bagman because initially you, you can't reload in this game the reloading is automatic you for the first mission when you don't have bagman you're like oh this kind of sucks but then when you have bagman bagman does the reloading for you and like he'll say things like here you go rogue and I enjoyed how he reloaded the guns for you. And it's something really small, <laughs> but it added to the fantasy of you being this like biochipped team and embarrassingly I did start to say like I, I did start to whisper, Thank you, Bagman, every time you reloaded <laughs> for me. 
my favorite one of those is that gunner is the gun um, yeah. but <laughs> helm yeah they 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 are named for the thing they are <laughs> <laughs> helm is like loki really attached to gunner and you can put gunner on the ground and make him into a turret but if you start to move away, Helm will go, don't leave Gunner behind. Yeah, they really care about each other. Because Helm, who is the hat, can also be left behind. Except he can't, because you can't progress without him. But you can, you can sort of move towards um, leaving him behind before you're forced to go back to get him. And he, he really doesn't want to be left. He does things like he won't open the door that he's just hacked to open until you pick him up. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice how they have little bits of personality and because you can, aside from Bagman, because you can put Gunner down and you can put Helm down, there is a little bit of a... It's not a great deal, but they do have a little bit of something. Like, there is there is a... I'd say they've, they've got about as much personality as the clones from Republic Commando. Uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd say so. I, yeah, I, I think that's fair. So, Bagman... Bagman, he has a, the function of when you pick up thing, you can pick up um, scrap metal and scrap. And you can also loot bodies. Yeah, and loot bodies. You have to manually loot bodies, which is kind of weird. You don't pick up ammo in this game. You create it. Bagman creates it for you. So when you acquire when you acquire new weaponry, all the upgrades and everything go through a menu. Um, a start menu and that's bagman manufacturing stuff for you this kind of took me out of the action a little bit because every time i ran out of ammo and i was in the fight it wasn't me doing a desperate scramble to get more ammo and find more ammo it was just pausing the game and manufacturing it and i never found in a very very 2006 menu yeah i never found like i was running out of scraps so it i just always felt like you know okay now I have to press start. Now I have to manufacture more ammo. Kind of took me I, out of the experience. I ran out of scrap a couple of times in the last level, and then I immediately punched someone and got more ammo. <laughs> Excellent. So Gunnar. So, yeah, Gunnar, who is your gun? Gunnar um, is your assault rifle, kind of your heavy assault rifle, and he is most of the guns in the game. He is all of the guns in the game apart from the pistol so he has some functions like you can plop him down and he can become a sentry turret which you can activate to draw fire he he's not great at killing people but he's really really good at drawing a lot of fire yeah he can distract people and then you can do your uh, you can do some stealth or you can use it to flank them yeah because this is a cover shooter it is a cover shooter you can blind fire with Gunnar as well you can, uh, yeah, I I found him to be a really, uh, again, interesting that he's a character, the gun is a character, but every single weapon in this game I thought was pretty decent. The, the pistol, which I used quite a bit, because I used the turret quite a lot. Yeah. Um, pistol's good, it's punchy. Yeah, the pistol is really strong, in fact, it's... It's kind of nice in a way that you're not punished for putting Gunnar down because the pistol is good enough that you can hold your own and it's got infinite ammo as well, which is uh, nice. So you've always got something to fall back on. 
yeah and it's decent it's not it's not a bad weapon choice you can sometimes i was using it you know as a as a primary so the first upgrade that they give you to the gun um they actually give it to you before gunner becomes the gun he's still a man at this point a blue man sniper rifle yeah the sniper is cool in this game because it's always unlike the other guns where you have to toggle to them in a really infuriating system the sniper rifle is always accessible every time you it i mean it, on the controller at least it's always mapped to a sniping button as long as you're actually holding the gun yeah as long as you're holding gunner you can always switch to sniper mode and that to me i i, I just really enjoyed that it always felt like I had an option. I never felt in this game that there wasn't an option open to me. I could always choose to engage in a in a different way. Uh, the next one you get is the shotgun. Which I, I have to say I didn't use that much, but in the later levels, uh, when you're in some close quarters, I liked it a bunch. I used it and it was very punchy. I used the shotgun quite a lot. Okay. Um, I would keep the shotgun out and I would use because you have the, the sniper just on right click I used the sniper for anything long range and I used the shotgun for anyone who got close see this might be a difference between playing on PC and playing on console did you find it easy to cycle between weapons? It was occasionally a bit fiddly, but it was also on mouse wheel, so... So on console, on the PlayStation, you had to tap triangle to switch between weapons. But you had to fast tap through the weapons. And if you delayed your next tap, you'd stick on that weapon. And my god... Rogue reloads so damn slowly. He switches between <laughs> guns so painfully slow. Rogue switches weapons with the same urgency and tenderness as Richard Gear makes love, right? <laughs> it's such a chore. You're hammering triangle and then you get the wrong gun and he he takes the rifle off of his back, puts an attachment on, slowly, slowly turns it over, and then it's in your it takes ages. The thing I found slightly irritating about it is that I would switch to it with a mouse wheel but you had to click twice before it would shoot because it, it prompted you are you sure you want to switch to this weapon yeah that's no good and there are some situations especially in the late game where you need to change weapons you need to switch to a beefier weapon you need to then switch to another weapon and because it's so slow sometimes you're just fucked the only one that I actually found that an issue with was when you needed to switch to the rocket launcher, which mm. isn't the next one, we'll discuss it in a bit. But the animation for that takes much longer than the shotgun attachment or the, the silencer. It takes about 15 seconds or something, which is far yeah. too long. Anyway, what's next, James? So after the shotgun, you get the mortar launcher. Yeah, I only actually used that on the final level, but... I used it whenever a robot appeared. I found it kind of frustrating in most settings because I'd always end up blowing myself up 
by <laughs> by firing it and it hit some terrain that I was like stood too close to. Oh, I exclusively used it to throw at robots, and the I think it's the last one you get is the 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 Sammy. No, there's the, the beam rifle, which oh, I oh yeah the beam rifle I never used, so I forgot all about it. I, I I used it when I got it and then never used it again. Yeah, I. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't that memorable. The the problem with it is that its use case is using it against enemies that bunch up, mm. and the AI does not like to bunch up. No, it certainly doesn't. It loves to spread out. And then finally, we have the Sammy launcher, which is the worst weapon by far. It is so frustrating. Like the targeting so, barely works, and it takes ages to even get it out yeah and then in order to fire it it's it's a specialized anti-vehicle weapon in order to fire it you have to hold it over the vehicle which is probably some kind of helicopter yes and is probably moving quite fast yeah and the reticule it's not the reticule doesn't need to be on the vehicle it needs to be on a specific part of the vehicle like it's center and it needs to stay there for some time you need to hold it down over that for about 10 seconds, I want to say. And this and the mortar are not really optional weapons. You will need to use these at some point to progress through the story. There are, there are specific enemies that have to be killed using these weapons. It really, really dragged the experience down at points. Some of the, some of the helicopters can be blown up using the mines. That's one of Bagman's abilities. Yeah, Bagman has this ability to fire out these mines, which is kind of cool because you can lure people into traps. You can lure people into traps, or if you know that you, if you don't want to fight a, a pod, you can run past them, drop some mines, and then carry on, and they'll probably get blown up. I did that quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so overall, I'd say guns are a net positive. Yeah, the, the regular guns are, are generally pretty good. It's let down by a, a weak missile launcher. Rooty tooty, point and shooty. I really enjoy how this is basically a squad shooter, but the other squad members are equipment. And as tenuous and somewhat uninspired as the characterization can be, it's at least different. Like, they have different personalities. It's very similar to Republic Commander in that regard. And... No one's necessarily... There rules some variation of Graf Army Man who might be played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, no one's going to fall in love with these characters, I don't think. But they give you just enough to care. And because they are intrinsically wrapped up in the gameplay, there is something more to them. You you care about them just because of that. Like, And they're pretty constantly talking, even if what they're saying is like, shoot that guy. Yeah, and because they're directly responsible for shoot that guy or seeing that guy this it, i can't fault it it's 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 really novel and it was really fun how did you tend to play the game a lot of people play game stealth games like dishonored um in a style called stealth pragmatist where they'll play it as a stealth game until they get discovered at which point they play as it as, it as an action game yeah and that's how I played this game. Yeah, I played very similarly. 
I'd depending on the situation what I'd like to do is draw people in so I'd either use I'd use mines and then I'd use stealth to kind of take out some people with the uh, the canned cutscene animation when you sneak behind them and you stab them in the head or you rip their suit off so that they're exposed to the the horrible new earth poisonous air I'd do that a lot and then I'd draw people back to Gunnar who I'd set up as a sentry turret and then he'd just mow them down and I'd just hide basically (laughs) (laughs) I tended to I'd I'd sneak forward I'd take out a few guys and I'd work out where the combat arena was for this one and then I'd set Gunnar up on one end sneak around to the other end and sort of flank them I was surprised by how much agency I had over every combat encounter. It wasn't as simple as, okay, here's a corridor, now shoot people. The arena's kind of where corridors, made up of other corridors in a way. But I was I was genuinely shocked. Like I could execute a I could execute a strategy. I could look at the battlefield, think, I wanna play it like this, and execute the strategy and okay the stealth was kind of shonky like sometimes the enemy would see you and it's like how the hell could you see me and now every single person on the battlefield knows that i'm here it might just be because i'm really paranoid when i play stealth games but i found the opposite problem of how can't you see me i'm right in front of you perhaps this is a di- quite a bit perhaps this is a difference between the redux version and the um and the original version because i if you're saying you thought the stealth was too lenient, I thought the other way. I thought it really could have been dialed in uh, a little bit more because I honestly, I'd, I'd appear from a checkpoint and I'd be down a corridor and I could already hear the enemy barks like, oh, he's he's over there, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, apart from apart from like a couple of sections which did feel very very much like the intention was this is going to be an action section Yeah. I felt that I would start the action when I wanted to it is to this game's credit that it does give you a lot of power and it gives you a lot of abilities and and ways that you can engage with it it's, it's, it's very but let's not get it twisted it's not, it's not fully emergent gameplay you don't have it's not it's not an immersive sim no definitely not you don't it's, it's an action game that you can approach from a few different strategies it's an action game that has a couple of different systems and enough toys to make you feel powerful and like you have agency it's it's more involved than say gears of war but it's by no means a it's not massively intelligent it's it's just it gives you it gives you some form of agency but not everything it doesn't let you dictate that much i think the thing it does quite well is that it's a game that really wants to give you treats yeah (laughs) so it will set up a section and there'll be like a few different ways to approach it like there might be you can wait for a patrol to walk past a vehicle that you can blow up or you can hide behind people and set up ambushes or you can just run in all guns blazing 
and it it has set up like several different treats that you could go for for each encounter yeah and the gunplay is good enough and fun enough that if you if you're not like me and james who like to kind of play with all this stuff like we're the kind of player who will sit behind a box in thief for hours and hours on end just so that we can memorize guard patterns but if you're not like if you're not like that then rogue troopers gunplay is really really fun and it's it's a perfectly viable it's a perfectly viable way to play if you just want to roll in and start shooting the shit out of everything and blowing everything up that that's great that's a lot of fun there were definitely a few levels especially towards the end where i did just play it as an action game and that was fun smurf on smurf action so i have a bit of a gripe about the game's closing chapters and i don't know whether you feel the same but i have a gripe about one one particular very short section of one level it's the second to last level before the last boss encounter well here's my gripe and then let's see if we have the same gripe i have another gripe about a couple of sections throughout the game okay which i'd like to get out of the way first it has a couple of entirely passable but completely unnecessary vehicle sections oh, where you are the gunner. This this was going to be my thing. So the game starts to rely on set pieces, which are just long turret sections. Which was, it was in vogue starting a year or so before this game came out. And this was, this is a trend that almost lasts even to this day. I kind of get what they were going for. Like they want it to be cinematic and these are cinematic set pieces where you're jumping into flat cannons and you're blowing up these massive mm. machines of you're war. being the gunner on a helicopter. Yeah, and you're destroying dozens of fighter jets. And it's, oh, it's so cool in theory, but in practice... And paragliders with rocket launchers. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. In theory, it just drags the experience down because the moment-to-moment gameplay of when it's just a third-person shooter is really really fun and interesting and it's so tedious in 2019 we i've played far too many turret sections and these just distract from the core gameplay i think i think this was like a new a new cool thing back yeah. in 2006 like 2006 this will have been in development what a couple of years yeah yeah i think i think that sort of turret section was quite new and in vogue at the time those are the for me personally those are the the parts of the game that make it show its age the most they're not they're not bad but when they've got quite good core gameplay that is fun and i want to do i'd rather be doing that yeah it's there's no reason for them to be there because they don't if they are there to create a, a cinematic set piece our ideas of what that is through games like Uncharted and the like have changed what those mean to us. So now it, it just feels forced and it feels like it just zaps the fun out of what the game is trying to be. So my other gripe is after one of these long turret sections, the one with the train, the train falls into a canyon yeah, it, it forces you to do this horrible train section. 
to defend the, the train, train is... and then the train dies so, in a cutscene. So the train, the train has a flat cannon and it's got two machine gun turrets, and you've got to be on the right one at the right time. And it's, it might have been engaging at the time, but it hasn't aged well. No, it certainly has not. And again, they do the thing that they did at the start. They make you defend the train. The train and is then important. someone blows up a bridge that the train goes over and the train's destroyed anyway. Yeah, in a cutscene, the train dies. So it was all for nothing. It was a point... It was, it's, in my opinion, the worst segment of the game. And it was all for nothing. So, after the train has died, you are in a canyon. And this has a section where there's not much combat. I think there's a bit of a sniper duel. Yeah, is, is this earlier? the is this the sniper character who is supposed to be um he's supposed to be like a, a legendary sniper for the Noughts and he's Exactly the same as the generic snipers you've already been fighting. Yes, and you kill him in one shot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sniper battle. It's not quite the end from Metal Gear Solid Three, but it has its place. It wasn't terrible, but Anyway, it's not that guy. So before you get to that, you have to climb up this like rocky cliff and jump over some ravines. Yeah. And one of these ravines killed me more times than all of the rest of the game. 3D platforming. Which was exacerbated by the game never ever asks you to do platforming, except in this one level near the end, apart from in the beginning for the tutorial for the jump key. Yeah, it has a jump tutorial and then it's never seen again until this section where it's massively important. (laughs) (laughs) And I died... I died once because I was testing is there fall damage in this game? That's something I reflexively do at the beginning of basically every game. Mm. Um, And then I died like two or three times for the rest of the game. Apart from here, where I died like ten times in a row. Yeah, the game is at its worst when it's trying to railroad you into doing things because if you if it just lets you play the game, then it's a lot of fun. If it yeah. tries to get in your way with turret sections and forced platforming, then it it's just frustrating and it shows its age quite terribly. Video game. Should we talk about the final boss encounter? Uh we ha- I quite liked it. Oh, I thought it was awful. <laughs> my I... my big note is the ending is really naff. I thought the ending was a bit naff, especially with the, the bit at the end where it does the Flash Gordon thing. The end, or is it? Yeah. Sort of deal. Um, so Yes, it is. They never made a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> so the last boss is you're put into this arena with the main baddie, the traitor general. And he's in some kind of weird, like, boggle shield, which a lot of video game antagonists tend to put themselves in, in the middle of the arena. And then It's he... when they have an antagonist who, like, they've set up, but he clearly physically cannot at all stand up to the main character. Yeah, he's a non-combat antagonist. They, they'll put him in some kind of defended structure. In a boggle. And the last boss will be to destroy his defences so you can get him. Yeah, he... he throws wave after wave of his own men at you which and i thought it was a pretty decent final final exam boss 
I, it was so frustrating. You have so you have snipers who are on high who you need to snipe. You have mechs who constantly fire rockets at you, so you need to fire rockets at them. And then you have bombers, which you oh, you can destroy use... the mechs with the mortar launcher. That's what the mortar launcher is for. Well, okay, so you you'd still need the mortar launcher, and then you'd need the sammy launcher for the bombers. For the... And you can't hide or take any cover because there's far too much happening all at once, and you're forced to deal with multiple types of encounter, which forces you to switch weapons. Which is really, really slow and frustrating. I found it fine. I really liked it. I I would like clear out my zone, and then I'd go, right, I need to get the snipers first, and then that robot needs to die. And they never, because I cleared out the robots really early, um, and then I did the, the thing to make the boggle shield go weaker, and then I'd clear out the arena, um, and then the the helicopters came and I cleared out the helicopters and then I cleared out the dudes and then snipers came back so I cleared them out I never had I, I had the generic soldiers and I never had more than one extra threat at once well maybe this is a change for the redux that they've made it harder or maybe this is just a case of James is better at games than I am I, I think this might be a case of I played much much too much World of Warcraft and so like complex phased boss encounters are kind of a thing that I like and I'm used to. <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. But I, I didn't like it. Obviously James did, so we will agree to disagree. I liked Rogue Trooper quite a lot. I uh, I thought it was a good game, especially for its time. I don't know how the Redux edition looks. It looks pretty fine to me, but the 2006 hasn't aged that badly. Like it looks like a fairly old video game, but it it's not. It's got the because it's quite stylized. It's aged quite well. I think it good. Uh, it's safe to say I really enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than I thought I was going to. It looks great. Like the Redux looks absolutely fantastic. It, it was a seven ninety nine game, and it looks really nice. Okay, it's aged um, in some aspects. The the character models and the animations and cutscenes are kind of weird. Like their limbs, they're about to pop out. The way that doesn't look so bad in the two thousand and six version because they look like paper mache puppets. Yeah, like every game from that year did. Yeah, and some of the mechanics have aged a little bit, but still, if this game came out today and you said to me this is a twenty nineteen game and it had a little bit of spruce and polish here and there, perfectly acceptable very enjoyable i think it, it should just we should just mention that i tried my best to get multiplayer sessions of this running but there is no one playing this game on multiplayer and no one who i tried to draft in to play it with me wanted to so i'm sorry <laughs> i'm very sorry but there there was absolutely no one in the lobby on pc yeah it you should consider this a single-player game. It has multiplayer functions, but no one is playing them. So unless you have a lot of friends that want to play Rogue Trooper in 2019... I can't imagine it's that great in multiplayer, because a, a lot of the appeal is being like this one-man army. Yeah, and in some of the multiplayer modes, they split you up. So Rogue, Helm, Bagman and Gunnar are separate entities with their own powers so 
I can't see that being something I'd be massively interested in playing. But yeah, really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. Well recommended. It's, it's a definite pick it up if you are in the market for a slightly naff shooter. <laughs> it's. Uh, would you say it's slightly naff? I, I think it's... I would say that... I mean, it's slightly naff in the way that, like, all 1980s British media is slightly naff. Oh, yeah, you mean thematically naff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I... I the, the, the moment-to-moment gameplay is great. Yeah, it's typical... It has a lot of 2000 AD charm where it's a little bit over the top, very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, well-recommended, I think. So, Rebellion went from strength to strength. They are now remastering quite a few of their games. Uh, Sniper Elite V2, Sniper Elite 3. So, they, maybe this was sort of like a prototype of are people interested in playing these older Rebellion games? And I'd say, hell yeah. As for Rogue Trooper himself, uh, Duncan Jones, son of David Bowie, and may you rest in peace and the director of films like Moon and the Warcraft movie and Source Code, he is working... Warcraft movie is much, much better than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. You should go into this knowing that I was expecting it to be unwatchably terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's merely like a very, very silly fantasy film. Well, he is working on a Rogue Trooper, um, a Rogue Trooper show or film. So there is going to be Rogue Trooper in some form, somewhere. I hope that's good. Yeah, me too. Duncan Jones is very good, so I have no fears that it's probably going to be very, very good. Um, yeah, they're... Just to round out our lack of Rogue Trooper knowledge, this Rogue Trooper is the original Rogue Trooper. He... He does have more story arcs, but the Quartzone Massacre is kind of like his origin and major arc that he's that he's known for. There is a second Rogue Trooper who is not this Rogue Trooper, who doesn't have the biochip weaponry and comrades. It's a little bit of a different character, largely regarded as a bit of a weaker character as well. But the Rogue Trooper story, the Quartzone Massacre, is in collected editions from 2000 AD, so I don't know about you, but I'll definitely be checking that out. I might at some point ask to steal your copy. <laughs> Sausages! I would say this is an old, reliable Cumberland, but from a supermarket. It is. It is meaty. It might have a little bit too much salt in it. It's unapologetic. It's probably not very good for you, but it's very enjoyable. Yeah, it's unapologetic. It's old school. It's got a lot more flavour than you thought it was going to have. But this is a solid Cumberland. Thank you for listening to Bangers. You can contact us at BangersPod on Twitter or BangersPodcast at gmail.com. Bye! Bagman.